This is a podcast from the Caldor Centre for International Refugee Law at UNSW. For more information, go to www.caldorcentre.unsw.edu.au. On the 14th and 15th of April 2016, the Caldor Centre was proud to co-sponsor a symposium at All Souls College, Oxford, to celebrate the scholarship of Professor Guy Goodwin-Gill. The symposium brought together leading international refugee law scholars and practitioners. The following podcast is a presentation by Professor Ben Saul from the University of Sydney. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, I'm really delighted to, to be here. Um, uh, I uh, first uh, got to know Guy because he literally kicked off my academic career. I um, did a little mission in my final year at law school to uh, Nepal, where I worked with UNHCR on Bhutanese refugees, sent off this incredibly long manuscript to the International Journal of Refugee Law, and, uh, and uh, Guy published it. So it was my first publication ever. Uh, and then a couple of years later, when I uh, didn't know what to do with my life, I was bored in my job for the Australian government, wanted to buy myself a, a, couple, of, uh, a couple of years, um, I saw doing a, 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 a DPhil at Oxford would be a great, uh, a great plan. The problem was um, applications closed in like a day or two, and I still didn't have a, a topic. So I jumped on UNHCR's website, and I don't think I've ever told Guy this, um, but there was a little box on the front page of the website saying, Hot Topics of the Month. <laughs> and, uh, and back in 2001, that was uh, IDP's, Internally Displaced Person. So uh, I, I, I knocked up this application, fired it off to Guy. He said yes, miraculously, um, and, uh, and I came to Oxford. Um, the problem then was, of course, um, a Cambridge PhD student then uh, published uh, her PhD, Catherine Fong, on IDPs about six months into my DPhil here at, uh, at Oxford, and so it stole my thunder completely, and so I had to ditch my topic. Um, and because I knew Guy was the refugee uh, expert, uh, I was hunting around for another topic, and this was just after 9-11, and so uh, terrorism was an obvious choice. Um, and uh, I ended up doing my thesis on defining terrorism in, in international law. Uh, but I stuck with Guy because I, I looked into his record uh, and, and saw that he'd actually done quite a bit of work on security as well, which is what I want to talk about uh, today, Guy's uh, legacy of uh, international law and, and security. Uh, I should say, of course... That guy almost didn't stick with me <laughs> because after being at Oxford for two years, I was having a great time doing all kinds of things um, other than my thesis. Uh, I get this letter from Guy on formal uh, note paper from, from uh, the, the, the university uh, saying words to the effect of, Dear Ben, after two years of full-time study, uh, I would have expected a reasonably diligent student to have given me at least one full draft chapter. Uh, and, uh, I hadn't given him anything uh, at that point. Um, and so it was actually just the kick in the pants I needed. Uh, and I sat down and belted out a DPhil in about, about six months, not using the UNHCR website. Um, and uh, I, I, I got over the line in the, uh, in the end. Um, Look, I want to say a few words about um, Guy's contribution to security and international law. Um, before I say that, uh, I, I, like others, I, I'd like to um, pay my uh, uh, respects to Guy for um, the mentoring and support he's given me over the years. Um, those of you who know Australia, uh, Guy, of course, spent quite a bit of his career in Australia in the early days for UNHCR. He's come back to Australia 
uh, many times uh, to UNSW uh, with Jane and to present at many conferences and uh, advise uh, our government and, and UNHCR and so on. So we regard him as a bit of an honorary uh, Australian. Uh, but the thing about Australian uh, men, if you know our culture, is that we're notorious for not talking about our emotions. Uh, so I can't uh, gush about how fond I am of Guy, uh, because Australian men don't do that in public. Um, but the highest compliment I can pay him in, in our culture uh, is to say that uh, Guy and I have become so intimate that we talk about power tools and garden sheds and, uh, and home maintenance. And that's pretty much what Australian men talk about. Uh, OK. I would say about three areas in which Guy has contributed through uh, international law and security. And the first one goes way back to one of Guy's uh, very earliest publications, International Law and the Movement of Persons Between States. His first book, it was an outgrowth of his uh, PhD, published in 1978. Uh, From what I can tell, it was uh, maybe the second publication, academic publication, Guy uh, put on the record. The first, of course, uh, was an article about the right to picket published in about 1976 or 77. Uh, so uh, Guy was channeling Jeremy Corbyn at that point. Um, moved back into the mainstream shortly after and hasn't said a lot about the right to pick it ever since. Um, but in the International Law and the Movement of Persons Between States, um, Guy has a chapter on the justification of expulsion, for, uh, expulsion of aliens. And I think this is a really important contribution he made early on, because it has uh, lasting significance in debates which are uh, recurring today. And what I found by reviewing state practice is essentially this. Um, Yes, there's a wide margin of appreciation accorded to states in their decision whether to expel somebody, uh, but it's not an entirely plenary sovereign power, nor an absolute sovereign power. As he puts it, quote, liberty, the liberty of states is not complete uh, to throw someone out of the country. Uh, states must balance their own interests against the rights of the individual. Uh, And this has been a kind of recurring concern in Guy's career, uh, that one of the highest purposes of international law uh, is to look out for the interests of the individual uh, when arrayed against all the power of the state uh, and the international community. Guy went on to say, the state must show reasonable cause to expel somebody. Expulsion is is a drastic measure, Uh, It therefore requires substantial justification. Uh, And even if courts are reluctant to review expulsion decisions, um, uh, governments can't be let get away with vague justifications uh, for uh, turfing someone out of the country. Uh, He went on to say, uh, you need to establish a positive ground of expulsion, uh, like, for example, public order uh, or national security. Uh, And secondly, the process has to be fair. Uh, giving uh, a person the right to be informed of the allegations against them, uh, to see enough of the evidence against them uh, so that they can effectively challenge the decision and that their lives are not turned upside down without reasons, proof, uh, or or on the basis of mere accusation or speculation. Uh, Why I think this has lingering significance? Three reasons. One is because two years ago the International Law Commission adopted uh, its draft articles on uh, the uh, rights of aliens in the expulsion uh, process uh, and really turned the clock back before uh, what Guy had written in 1978 uh, and adopted a kind of really weak, disappointing uh, and thin procedural view of 
uh, international law on the uh, expulsion of aliens. Uh, and essentially, the International Law Commission simply said um, governments just have to, uh, uh, the expulsion of aliens just has to be lawful according to domestic law. Uh, in other words, uh, there's no requirement of a substantive reason such as a grounding in national security uh, or public order and so on. Uh, and as uh, uh, one International Law Commission member said to me in passing, uh, anecdotally some years ago, he doesn't think um, there is any international law. Uh, on the expulsion of aliens. So I think that's a really disappointing uh, position that we we got from the International Law Commission. Um, Secondly, on the due process uh, element, um, Guy wrote, in a slightly different context, but I think the words here are opposite, Um, uh, we've seen post-9-11 the return of what Guy has called, quote, secret men in secret rooms reading secret memos. Um, In other words, this idea that Uh, aliens' rights, refugees' rights and so on uh, can be overridden, limited, uh, suspended and so on uh, based on uh, undisclosed national security or intelligence uh, information which is virtually unreviewable uh, before the courts. And in Guy's own practice, in a case like Offman and Secretary of State 2009, uh, Guy was part of a team uh, before the House of Lords precisely challenging closed uh, hearings Uh, involving undisclosed security uh, information, um, a a low standard of uh, of review, um, uh, which really leaves people uh, high and dry. Um, And I think in international law we like to think of um, the march of human rights as this kind of linear progressive story which over time uh, the good guys win. Uh, But in an area like this I think you really see uh, precisely how international law is often uh, one step forward, two steps back, and there's this kind of circular motion uh, of going back, in some ways, to where we were in the 1960s and 70s, uh, fighting the IRA. Um, thirdly, in this area, uh, most recently, guys have been very active challenging uh, government plans to deprive suspected terrorists of their citizenship, uh, including in, in circumstances which violates uh, a, a state's obligations not to make a person uh, stateless. Uh, But here I think Guy said something um, also uh, just as interesting, and and I'm picking up here on a a point Emma made, which is um, uh, Guy's not just coming at this from the vantage point of this is bad for the rights of the person uh, who has been denationalised. It's also, according to Guy, and and I I agree entirely with this, um, uh, bad for international security. Uh, Because if you want to make the world safer... Uh, as the Security Council has uh, required states to do, you've got to prosecute terrorists. You don't just cut them loose, toss them out of the country uh, to keep blowing up people in other countries, as long as it's not our own country. Uh, It also, uh, I've got to say, doesn't make Britain safer um, because, of course, um, uh, those people are then free to base themselves on the internet in North Africa or wherever and radicalise people uh, to precisely go and uh, blow up uh, people in London. Um, Okay. the second area then um, I'd like to suggest Guy's made an important contribution is in the area of refugees and security I want to indicate a couple of areas here where he's said some important things Um, one is um, uh, he's turned the security paradigm on its head uh, and talked frequently of human security in the context of refugees so the first point here then is that mass insecurity of people in foreign countries uh, is a cause of flight of refugees. 
Uh, and in the 1990s, Guy wrote uh, a bit about how large-scale displacements had attracted the attention of the Security Council, and finally it seemed like the international community might be interested in averting crises uh, which uh, fundamentally make people insecure and provoke flight. Secondly, um, during flight, so once refugees were on the move, Guy's spoken a lot about how uh, refugees themselves are uh, grossly insecure, whether it's people in uh, refugee camps in Africa... Uh, people uh, on the move, crossing international borders, not getting uh, temporary protection along the way. Uh, the closing of borders, interdiction, detention, we'll hear that whole story tomorrow. Uh, but also the lack of solutions uh, for people to give them a sense of safety and security. Um, thirdly, uh, and this is, uh, I think, one of the biggest areas of concern post-9-11, uh, guys um, uh, tried to uh, beat back this view by the international community after 9-11 that refugees themselves ought to be seen as a serious security threat. Uh, He has criticised the unwarranted linkages drawn by both the Security Council and the General Assembly between terrorism uh, and refugees, uh, saying that these linkages really are unwarranted. As he said in an article, and I'll quote a a, a short paragraph here uh, some years ago, uh, it's almost a truism. Uh, that the terrorist, any more than the criminal, will not usually seek admission to a country by going through the detailed examination, photographing, uh, fingerprinting and other verification procedures which are now a regular part of the asylum process. It's also the case that recognised refugees have rarely, if ever, been found amongst those guilty of terrorism or incitement. Uh, Such inconvenient facts are commonly ignored by legislative zealots for whom rights and security tend to have only one self-regarding dimension. And as Guy's career progresses, you you get this uh, increasing sense of exasperation uh, that governments are are increasingly not doing the right thing. Uh, And he goes on to write about the the suite of draconian powers adopted in the UK, the US and a pile of other countries uh, ever since. Um, But uh, I I think this is a feature of Guy's work. Um, He doesn't just criticise. He goes on to offer solutions as well. And he says, look... Human rights law, the Refugee Convention, um, uh, all of these instruments adopted immediately after the Second World War were precisely adopted at a time when the drafters knew all about security threats and knew indeed much more about security threats uh, uh, or had more recent experience of security threats than we do today. I mean, this is a war when 50 million people were killed, uh, when we faced down and defeated the Nazis and Japanese imperialism. Uh, And so for modern politicians today to say, oh, somehow the drafters of human rights and and refugee conventions uh, didn't accommodate security concerns uh, is entirely uh, ahistorical uh, and uh, and anachronistic. Um, And uh, Guy goes on to warn of the threat of democracies reacting uh, repressively and incompatibly with democracy uh, and rule of law values. Um, Of course, he's practised in this area. Uh, He was counsel in the case of Al-Syria in DD uh, in 2012, which was a case about uh, whether terrorist acts are contrary to UN purposes and principles under Article 1C of the Refugee uh, Convention, uh, attacks on the ISAF forces um, uh, constituting threats to the UN and and so forth. Um, uh, Next guy uh, has also uh, expressed a concern in this context of refugees and security uh, of the, uh, about the insecurity of those expelled or transferred, uh, i.e. who aren't given safety for various reasons. Uh, so in Offman, he acted in a case 
uh, challenging the quality of assurances, diplomatic assurances uh, regarding return to torture in Jordan, uh, in uh, Al-Sadun, transfer by British forces into Iraqi custody with a, a risk of the death penalty, uh, and in Al-Rawi, uh, whether refugees who weren't um, uh, British nationals ought to be entitled on a non-discriminatory basis to the same diplomatic uh, protection representations uh, made by the British government uh, towards the Americans challenging Guantanamo Bay um, uh, 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 prosecutions. Uh, finally, on security, guys talked about the history of security and refugees, and he wrote a very interesting article called Politics of Refugee Protection some years ago, where he talks all about how uh, the Cold War uh, and the uh, Soviet threat and so on uh, shaped international understandings of, of protection and the scope for protection uh, in the Cold War period. And the uh, Soviets seeing refugees from Russia, for example, as spies, saboteurs, traitors, criminals, uh, and viewing the refugee regime in very ideological terms. Okay. Uh, to wrap up then, uh, I, I think I'd uh, just point to a third area in which Guy has made an important contribution on security, uh, and that is in the area of international humanitarian law. Uh, he wrote a very uh, significant book on child soldiers well before it was uh, fashionable and flavour of the month in the, in the 1990s. He's done a lot of work on Palestine, both representing Jordan and the Israel uh, security wall case, uh, writing advices about UN membership and popular representation, um, uh, the Palestinian elections and the democratic transition. Um, he uh, acted in the Al Jeddah case in 2008 concerning security detention under UN Security Council resolutions and whether that overrode um, uh, due process protections. And the short answer of the British courts was yes. Uh, the later answer of uh, supranational courts was no. Uh, and finally, of course, Guy has uh, taught the law of war uh, for many years, including when I was here as a, as a student. Um, so to conclude, um, I once said to Guy uh, long ago, I, uh, I don't want to be pigeonholed as the terrorism guy for the rest of my life because that's what my PhD uh, was about. And you said um, you feared the same for you, being you know, pigeonholed as the refugee guy. Um, oh, oh, I, by the way, don't think it's a bad thing to be known as the world's most preeminent refugee expert. <laughs> but uh, if you want more than that, fine. <laughs> Also, uh, a leading voice on security uh, and international law, humanitarian law, um, international criminal law, um, uh, human rights law. You've got a lot of strings to your bow. Uh, but I think you've been a voice of moderation. Um, you've placed the individual at the centre of international law. Um, you've insisted on a healthy suspicion of executive secrecy claims. Uh, you've defended the importance of judicial control in the democratic process. Uh, while being aware of uh, judicial deference sometimes being overbroad and judges uh, not doing their job as they should. Um, you've said, quote, the courts are not an undemocratic, unelected force, uh, but a central participant in the democratic process where power and policy are to be exercised responsibly, accountably and within the rule of law. Um, you've said terrorism doesn't threaten democracy. Uh, another um, example of... of uh, Guy's scholarship is his wry humour. He goes on to say, quote, one of the strengths of democracy, after all, is the very expendability of prime ministers, uh, which I thought was a nice, uh, nice touch. Um, and you, uh, um, you, you, you um, finish one article, and this is where I'll, I'll, I'll finish, uh, with a kind of call for arms. So, uh, again, characteristic of Guy's, he's, on the one hand, a dispassionate scholar 
but at the same time an impassioned or engaged humanist. Um, uh, I've got a, uh, a little postcard on my door which says, has you know, like a, a dandy sitting on a desk saying, uh, I was meant to lead the revolution, not teach. Um, it's, a, it's a great card. Uh, at the end of an article, Guy quotes uh, Albert Camus and says, quote, uh, For if we are all in the plague, uh, so we must, all of us, resist falling victim. And I think that's a, a nice summation of uh, much of, of Guy's work in this field. Thanks.